Hello and welcome back to the Into the Adultverse podcast. First off, I'd just like to say, you know, it's been a super busy couple of weeks for Damien and I with school and with work and with recruiting. So sorry about the delay in episodes. Hopefully we'll be more on top of our stuff in the episodes to come. And with that being said, we're really excited to release today's interview episode with Cyrus Belsoy. Cyrus is from the University of Maryland. I actually met Cyrus initially over LinkedIn because he reached out to me asking me to be on his podcast, the Who Am I podcast, which is, you know, an amazing podcast. Highly recommend you check it out. And then, you know, we ended up meeting in SF a couple months later uh, because he had a product role there. And, you know, that's a crazy story that we'll get into throughout the course of the episode. But, um, you know, what you can expect from this episode is a little bit on Cyrus's views on empathy, bringing your authentic self to work and to life in general, and how he got into the world of product uh, through some pivots in his life coming from a more of a pre-med background. So it's going to be a beautiful episode with a beautiful person, and we're excited to have him on. Awesome. So I think just to kick it off, thank you all for having me. You know, it's been a, it's been a, a fun time knowing Fuad Damien. Uh, Fuad was actually the first person I knew to my podcast. So uh, definitely, definitely go check that out if you want to hear uh, Fuad talk about how amazing he is, uh, rightfully so. <laughs> uh, but oh, man. Happy, no, you happy don't want to hear No, but definitely happy to be here. Man, this guy came in, took over, already has us laughing. This is crazy. It's insane. It's insane. The good vibes, yeah. bro. The good vibes. I don't know this is allowed over an internet connection. Sick. But, you know, I I love what's happening here, though. And the reason I love it is because Cyrus is internet friend number two to have on the podcast. Because Lynn was kind of number one, right? Oh, and snap. Yeah, this is, it's, it's cool. There's the whole, the people are kind of struggling to make new friends during this time of COVID, right? But here we are, like living examples of the internet empowering us to reach people across the world to connect with them. So it's possible. And uh, thank you so much, Cyrus, for being on. Yeah. No, most, most definitely. Yeah, I think that I think Fuad touched on this in a podcast episode he was in. But actually, uh, I reached out to Fuad through LinkedIn, you know, major mm-hmm. source. I don't know. How, I don't have the gems like, you know, Jonathan Tesla to draw for you for LinkedIn or Lynn. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I think I think that's uh, pretty powerful over the last couple of months. So. Mm-hmm. Did that, then uh, you know, Instagram stalked each other, and boom, blossom, blossom to who we are today. Love yeah, that. the difference is Insta for sure. I think there's still a, that like you know hesitation with LinkedIn, where it's like, oh, you you know, it's still like in that professional environment. But I'm all about bringing like your entire self to work, your entire self to whatever platform you're on, and you know, Insta was just the way we did that, and we vibe super hard. So I'm super glad we got to meet, bro. No, most definitely most i think i think we messaged back like back and forth like probably like five days straight with like setting different styles and different stuff so definitely a good time to uh, just get that bonding in but now i'm happy to be here and let's let's dive into it yeah for sure yeah so how about we start with um being your authentic self i mean you are such a vibrant personality and yeah i know we were kind of saying like it's a different part of yourself that you see on linkedin but man, I just see from everything I see from like Instagram to LinkedIn, you are so consistent in just being this giant ball of positivity to everybody. And it's so refreshing just seeing that. Um, so what really enabled you or empowered you to be able to be so consistent and authentically be yourself, regardless of what environment you are in? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, thank you. You know, I, I think, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, it's always nice to hear that uh, people have good things to say about you, but I think it really starts from uh, like a really young age, right? So growing up, I was brought up by my, and my mom, uh, twin brother, older sister by a couple of years. And it was always about, you know, like being a hundred percent you. And I think that was in all aspects. So when we played sports when we were younger, whether it was swimming or tennis, you know, it was like, be the best you you could possibly be. And I think that, I think that often is, 
given to us a lot. It's told us in so many different ways, like professionally, personally. But I think for me, it was always about, you know, like, what, what, what did I want Cyrus to be? Like, who was I personally at that moment? And where did I want to be? And um, I think kind of growing up, I was always like, okay, you know, I want to be perceived as smart. So I need to study really hard and kind of do that. But, um, and that's good. That's really important. You know, we don't prepare for everything you're doing in life. But I think around maybe the age of like 13, 14, so kind of going to high school, I was really, really, really uh, direct and uh, very intentional. And like, you know, you can, you can still be professional. You can still you have a good character out there. But why not have, why not be yourself with it? And me kind of, I'm goofy. You know, you look at my Instagram, you kind of talk to me. You, you figure out that, yeah, on LinkedIn, I'm like really professional and, and keep it a very like um, straight to the point. But, you know, why not have fun with it? You know, I, th- I think life is... I think life's too long and honestly, sometimes life is too short to not hundred bring your hundred percent self to the table. And I think honestly touching on maybe a more serious note, like being a person of color, oftentimes I think you, you all can relate as well. Being people of color, you know, we oftentimes have to minimize who we are, right? You oftentimes have to kind of put on a little bit more professional, more professional image than your, uh, maybe your, like your white counterparts. And, you know, by no means sure. is that necessarily on uh, anyone in particular, but it's more like a system. So, I think after a while, I stopped trying to, you know, care too much as to who was I trying to please and why not be the Cyrus that I was happy with? Why not be that positive force? Why not, you know, why not be me? So that's beautiful. I love man. that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the kind of speaking on the uh, having to buff the edges out on your like culture itself. It's something like my, my Instagram handle, of course, is Biryani Bandito. And I had somebody come <laughs> up and like, what the hell is Biryani? <laughs> I was trying to explain that to them. It was just a, it was a losing battle. Mm-hmm. losing battle but i mean yeah Fouad, like you're someone that's also I, I know i'm not supposed to interview my co-host i don't know if we're breaking the rules <laughs> by doing this but no, 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 no. Um, both of you like both of you are prime examples of people who are able to be consistently their true selves and regardless of whatever environment um they're in and my favorite part about it is that it empowers everybody else to be themselves too because you know it, it allows people to be more comfortable around you when they know what to expect when they get into a conversation with you Definitely. And, you know, that's able to bring everybody in there. It's all mm-hmm. about inclusivity. Um, and I know that's something that you're super passionate about, Cyrus. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you, I think you said it best, right? I think that like, I mean, I'm going to give Fuad some praise, you know what I'm saying? Compliment bombing. Compliment bombing. Shout out Jonathan Tester on that. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, I think like, I think the first time I talked to Fuad, I reached out, I was like, hey, can I, can I put you on my podcast? You seem really cool. And that was cool. We had a nice conversation. Like Fuad said, nothing, nothing mind blowing, but we linked up when I came to SF, and I mean, the man is even more amazing in person. People, you hear it on the uh, podcast. No. Awesome, yes, but uh, no, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's really about like you want to make uh, you like you said, you want to make sure that you're being authentic, 100 percent authentically you, to kind of let people know that you know it's okay to be vulnerable with me too, right? So I think I think oftentimes mm-hmm. growing up, I've, I've always found myself in places where people have told me honestly, like their most vulnerable stories, right? So whether this be a really happy thing or something maybe even to a point of traumatic. I remember going in college and hearing, you know, a lot of traumatic things, but someone, a lot of people told me, like, you know, Cyrus, I really do feel comfortable talking to you. And that's just because you kind of show me who you are and in places when, you know, that's it's awesome. not really acceptable to do that. Right. So yeah. I, th- I think it all ultimately boils down to um, what kind of community and what environment do you want to foster around you? And that that's where it goes to. So I, I think lastly, maybe touch on mm-hmm. that inclusivity part for me, it's really big on, you know, kind of growing up, I've always been in spaces where uh, I was maybe a, a minority for a lot of things, but I've always thought of myself like, you know, like, you know, if I had a chance to change this, what would I do? So that's kind of my outlook on terms of like really bringing people together and doing that. And uh, not to ramble too much, but I think I just had it. I came off a meeting 
scooted over here all the way from HQ for uh, <laughs> 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 so on some real SF, on some real tech bro SF stuff. But um, no, my manager actually said that he was like, you know, Cyrus, I think one of your strengths. Of course, I have weaknesses here and there. There's definitely without a doubt. He's like, you know, one of your strengths is to really come in. You came to the office. Uh, you just brought us together. You know, you just had an energy around you that kept everything really positive. And you actually do try and find the positive things and everything. Like even if we're dealing with a big bug, you're like, you know what? We can make it though. And uh, we just started yeah. laughing. So uh, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome, I think man. that reminds me of so many conversations I've had, like, you know, even like throughout my time on Twitter. And like one thing that like really struck me is like, you know, coming into my co-op terms, I always thought that the tone is kind of set by the people at the top. So what what that is is like, you know, if your manager is super formal. And like, you know, never swears, you know, never says anything like out of the ordinary is like super, super professional with you. Then it kind of forces you to follow suit in a sense, right? Like you're, you're afraid to be yourself because you want to appear the same way as your manager. But, you know, I actually brought this up to someone on my team at Twitter. I was like, yeah, you know, like I I try my best to like make jokes and stuff. Like, you know, sometimes it's not reciprocated on my team. Sometimes it's not reciprocated in certain environments. And he told me something that like really, really stuck with me. He said, you know, like, Yes, you're right. Obviously, when somebody's in a position of authority, like to some extent, they have a little bit more responsibility with setting their tone. And, you know, as I become in positions of more and more responsibility, you know, potentially overseeing my own team at one day, hopefully, you know, we'll see. It's really important for me to bring that, you know, that aspect to the table as well. But at the same time, that like what you mentioned about building the community that you want to be a part of is so important. Like even interns can do that. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're willing to be yourself, it just allows everybody else to like, Hey, you know, like if he's that confident doing it, like, why can't I do it? Right. And it, it, it transcends those, you know, sort of like hierarchical lines of power. It transcends those like, you know, manager intern relationships. It transcends everything. And I think you're just a perfect example there. Right. Cause even your manager went out of his way to tell you that. So <laughs> thank you. No, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Like you said, I don't, I don't beat the, beat the, beat the bush too much, but yeah, it really, it really does at, at any point where, wherever you are in any organization, you have a chance to make an impact. So why not, why not make it a positive one? That's all I can say. For sure, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, kind of on that note of like like being yourself, like I think one word that I'd use to describe you as is just like happy. Like I've never seen you down. Like, I don't know, maybe I just haven't <laughs> known you long enough, but I've never seen you down. And like talk to us about the importance of just being happy, doing shit that makes you feel good, you know, the small wins in life, like how all that kind of relates to, you know, being yourself and like having that self-image out there. Absolutely. Let's dive into this. So I think I, I think for a first first, uh, let's get one misconception out the way. Cyrus is sometimes not at 100% smiling. And uh, I think that's I think really funny because a lot of my friends have known me for even, even maybe five years have said like, Cyrus, I've never seen you mad. You know, I've, I've, like it's raining outside. It's snowing. The whole class has got a 40% on that organic chemistry test. What's up with that? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> That might have been bad. You know, those two hours ago, that was bad. Last night's all-nighter was bad. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I try and keep, I keep it light. I try and keep it light over here. So I think, I think just to, like, to honestly touch on that, I think one of the biggest things growing up was, and then we're going to get into a little bit later, was, like, my aunt, right? And my aunt, the always things that, one thing that she always used to make us do was, uh, like, you never go to sleep sad. And I think this is really, really, sounds really, really funny, or you never go to sleep, never go to sleep mad. And it sounds really funny, but to kind of give you, like, a, a story of how this went, um, you know, if, my, let's say my brother and I were arguing or or anything of that nature, you know, uh, my aunt was always like, you always want to try and end your day on a, at least a, a decent note. And I, I think subconsciously kind of growing up, what that did for me was it gave me a way to kind of find a little bit of peace in almost anything that caused me a little bit of turmoil. So kind of let's, let's put it into college perspective, a midterm that I just failed, shit, damn, that really did suck. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm like, you know, Cyrus, you can bounce back from this, it'll be okay. 
And I, I think this, what this mindset has caused me to really do was uh, really just allow me to unlock um, a different perspective of a lot of things in life. So whether, whether it be like, I think one of the biggest thing is like when, when it came to like failure or kind of upset, I never really let it take me to way of defeat. I was like, you know what? Shit, that did not go how I wanted it to. And that's not to be confused with like, you know, t- in a way like toxic positivity, right? Where, where every, every moment has to be good. Right. Everything is kumbaya. Everything's all right. Like, you know, that's definitely not how it is. But I think for me, right. I try and think like, you know what, Cyrus? You know, you really don't, specifically to my life, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't have it as bad as it, as it possibly really could be. Um, you know, I have good people around me. I can find the small ones in every day and really finding those small ones can be as much as, you know what, Cyrus, that's a nice shirt you got on today. Like, oh shit, good. You look good in the mirror today. And you know, like maybe, maybe I'm just not having a great day, <laughs> but uh, that can do it. Or like, you know, I, I think I really, really, really do like to compliment my coworkers. So let's say someone just cranked out, like for example, one of my engineers uh, just cranked out some really awesome, like really, really awesome project we're working on. And I'm in Slack just going off like, ooh, like 10, 10 million emojis. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm not doing too much to aggravate yeah. everyone. But. The product manager we need. They signed me, signed me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's a matter of like, you know, for me personally, it, it was always was a way of allowing me to, to find something positive and really like enjoyable to look forward to my day. I think like, especially when you look at this world right now, like there's so much going on, so much discrimination so much racism, so much poverty, mm-hmm. so much struggle of the world in general. And a lot of things we could tr- honestly fix, but you know, people privilege really don't want to tackle some of these problems. Um, why, why, why not be that person that, you know, can at least shine a little bit of light in that darkness of a tunnel. And that sounds a little cliche, but really, I really, really, really do try and be that person for all the homies and even in myself, you know, I think there's days that I've had, it's honestly speaking, speaking, being very real on the podcast, because I know we keep it very, very authentic here. Like the last week has been a rough week for me. The last two weeks have been an extremely, extremely, extremely tough time for me. And I've been down. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to figure out like, you know, what's, what's, what's bogging me. But I think at the end of the day, I've always tried to tell myself like, you know, what's ours, we'll get through it. Like, you know, and that, that's, and that's, I think that's one thing that people don't necessarily see, look as positivity as like, they think of it as like a smiley, smiley, upbeat thing. And that is, and it's beautiful like that. But I think mm-hmm. one thing for me specifically, I try and do is, um, you know, it's just a matter of like, you know, sorry, it's like today was a rough day. It was, a, it was a rough day for us, but you know, tomorrow, tomorrow we'll be able to shine a little bit brighter. So I think, I don't know if I rambled too much. I don't know if I got to touch yeah. on that, what you wanted, but yeah. No, that was beautiful. Uh, we you embrace ramble the rambles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Positive self topic is so, so important. Like it's, it's definitely like a habit I've tried to make more prominent in my life. Cause I realized that like, you, you know, at the end of the day, you are your own biggest fan, you know, like people can cheer for you, but at the end of the day, who's going to cheer for you when you completely fuck up. Right. It's only you and maybe your mom, you know, but your mom's (laughs) can't be there for every, every moment. Right. And so you really got to be your own, like your own biggest fan. So thank you for mentioning that. I think that's that's super underrated. Are there any formal strategies that you try and employ other than maybe just, I mean, gratitude definitely is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And being intentional about finding the things to be grateful for is extremely powerful as we've talked about on the podcast before. But, you know, in those moments where you're feeling unfocused or you're feeling down and just beaten, what more specifically do you do to try and elevate yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is awesome. It's a great question. I think one of the biggest things for me, uh, kind of starting, ooh, maybe taking us back to high school, I'm thinking maybe 10th grade. So that's what, 2015? Ooh, years ago. Uh, I was journaling. I started a diary. <laughs> and I started a really, really, right. really, really... Uh, I started really strict, like every day, every morning, every evening, every night, I started journaling. And oh, I thought it was really funny because when I first, yeah, I know, right? It's, it's not really, not really, <laughs> I don't know. That's if it's one as, way to build a habit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> that that ended my attempts to do push-ups, which finally got down. But um, no, nah, I think I think like one one of my biggest things, one of my biggest proponents is like keeping this this really positive mindset is journaling because it allows me a place to kind of let my thoughts run. And I think this in terms of you know sometimes it really is hard to express uh, kind of that that feeling of being lost or that feeling of like really not understanding why you are down to others, especially when you don't understand for yourself. So I think one of my biggest things is just journaling and sometimes just scribbling what I'm feeling. So I, I know that sounds silly, but maybe mm-hmm. I just have a, a pencil or a pen and my diary and I'm kind of just drawing lines and in a bit of a way, it allows me to kind of just calm my mind. And I think that's that's helped me a lot, especially recently um, when life kind of just is kind of up in the swing. I think another thing is every morning I say like affirmations and I, I, I know people will probably tell you on Instagram, like say your affirmations, like whatever that probably people say on Tinder. I mean, not Tinder. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, no, people say you to do that, but no, I think it's really important. I, I think like I say, I say one based off my name, right? So I'm like, all right, Cyrus, you're compassionate, mm-hmm. you're kind, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, you're loved, right? So um, I, I say that kind of every morning to myself, even when I'm not feeling feeling too good, because I think it allows me kind of just to remind myself, you know what? It, these these are these are the values that you hold yourself at, and even in the moments when you're not feeling your best, and you're not like you know you may feel a little bit of ugly inside, um, you know. You, you can you can you can hold strong to your values. I think one of the second things that really does allow me to like keep this really upbeat, positive energy is being very honest with people. So I think before mm-hmm. maybe a, a year or two, I had a really hard time saying like you know I am feeling down. I, I like I'm not happy because the, the go to answer is, Cyrus, how you feeling? Like I'm great, and people just need that for their day. Like yeah, like I'm good. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah. You know, I, I think for I think especially for people that do generally have this like really outgoing and Fuad, you probably relate to this, have this really outgoing, upbeat, positive energy, people kind of expect that out of you a lot of times. And I think coming when I was in college, that was hard. That was hard in the days when like, you know, dealing with stuff and I had my own battles with like depression. And I think that was really, really hard because people I had one time someone asked me, like, yo, what's up with you? Like, you know, you're supposed to get everyone to mood up. And that was the day I was feeling horrible. So I think it's just a matter of like, yeah, I know it was rough. <laughs> it was I know that it mean bad, but I think for me specifically, it's like it's like a matter of honestly being honestly open when I'm not feeling too good. Like that really does help in acknowledging that, you know, it's okay that I'm not feeling too amazing. So journaling, so I'm going to double back on that. Journaling, um, one of my biggest things is journaling, my daily affirmations, and just being really honest with myself on how I'm feeling throughout the top, throughout my days really does help. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally feel you on that. And like, like you said, like you being honest, like encourages everyone else to be honest too. Like, yeah, obviously you're trying to be the most positive person, like uplift that energy, but I can definitely attest to it where it's like, you know, as soon as you start being branded as that person in the moment, you're not like that. And people notice like that just gets you down even more, man. Cause then you start feeling guilty. You're like, Oh wait, yeah. I'm supposed to be this for someone else. But like, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself first and foremost. Cause that's like, you know, they tell you in airplanes, right? Put your own oxygen mask on first, right? You're not helping <laughs> no one if you're dead, right? You're not definitely. helping anyone if you're knocked out. Right. So I, I, I think it's like super, super important to highlight that honesty because if you're not honest with yourself, no one's going to be honest with you. But Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you talked about some habits that you've had for, you know, a long time since like high school all the way up to university. But uh, at the same time, you, you, you know, your journey from high school to university has been, you know, a, a story of a lot of pivots, I will say, right? You, <laughs> you know, you started off in pre-med, now you're a PM, right? So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you, what you thought you were going to do in high school and like, sort of how that transition and changed as you entered college? Because I think a lot of people can relate to that story. Absolutely, yo. I mean, I think my journey is really, really, I mean, one that I don't think is that insanely unique, but one thing that I really, I really think is quite, quite interesting. So coming into, coming into college, coming to university, that's maybe about 
uh, three, four years ago, I was on my pre-med grind. So four I knows about this, I was like, I'll, I will be in med school. You'll see me white coat down four years. I'll be out here three years if I'm feeling lucky, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I started, it, it went well. I mean, I think I think it started off well. Um, some classes, of course, were a struggle, but I, I, really, I really was doing my clinical hours. I think I had like, I was volunteering at a local clinic three times a week for two years in a row. I was trying to get all these rack letters in. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one thing that I noticed was um, being a pre-med student, no one really challenged me to ever evaluate why I want to do this, right? So I think, I think some of the majors that really do get this are humanities. So if, if you're a hard STEM, everyone's like, oh, they applaud you. Especially when you say you're pre-med, they applaud you and they clap for you. And they tell you, like, ooh, you're going to make it and you're going to be the next greatest thing. But um, mm -hmm. one thing I noticed was in my classes, I, I lost my passion for learning. I, I wasn't feeling attracted every time I walked into the class. And this is something I was so 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 fascinated with in high school and um going into my classes freshman year they told me like you know what's ours it's okay it's introductory don't worry about it no one likes it going into my upper level classes uh sophomore year they told me you know what's ours don't worry about it uh you know the next class will be made the next class will be better you're you're doing good on your journey don't worry about it um and i, I kind of got i kind of got a little worry of of hearing <laughs> that right then someone yeah. told me and I, I had a meeting with my advisor Kind of, this is kind of now what made me kind of double back on really questioning whether I wanted to do uh, that pre-med. I didn't meet my advisor and um, they were like, you know, don't worry about it. No, med school, med school will definitely be better. And I thought to myself, there's no way in hell that you're going to tell me that genetics isn't interesting me, but um, working 80 hours on this exact subject is going to be interesting all of a sudden. I was like, mm, I don't think so. So um, <laughs> I think my breakthrough point, I was sitting in my organic chemistry class one time and I wrote about this on a, like one of the, one of the LinkedIn posts Damien tagged me in and I, I knew I was sitting in class and I remember some tears were falling from my eyes because I was looking at the board and the teacher was preventing, the professor was preventing something so mind blowing and I, I thought to myself, that's so cool but I, I don't want to be here and I'm two years into my, I'm two years into my pre-med prereqs, I have a few more left, you know, I'm, I'm prepping for my MCAT and I'm sitting here like, oh shit, Cyrus, like what are you going to do? And I remember crying. I, full, full tears running out my face in my paper. And, I, and I'm sitting there like, shit, man, like, what are we going to do? Because two years of college being thrown away is, is a little scary. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a first-generation uh, first generation college student, so also I have pressure back home. Like, shit, what am I going to tell my mom? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. There's a lot on the line right here. There's a lot of sacrifices uh, being yeah. put right here. And um, my, I think my one saving grace with this whole process was I decided to take that second semester of my sophomore year, the, the semester when I decided pre-med was no longer for me, I was taking a journalism class and I was taking a pre-med, I was taking a psychology class. So in that psychology class, what I was doing, I was just like really, really passionate about, I'm really passionate about mental health advocacy. And I was just in love. I was going to that class and I mean, sitting in the front of the class, raising my hand up. I was doing homework. Uh, I was losing, or I was leading my own study doing sessions. homework. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yeah, I know, right? I was doing homework like I was doing homework two weeks in advance, right? To the point where I was asking the professor, like, "Hey, can you upload this? Can you upload this to the next problem set?" That's I really, insane. really like what you're doing, yeah. right? And I thought to myself, like, Cyrus, it's a wake-up. That's actually call. crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like, you know, I was like, is this a wake-up call right here? Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe you should actually consider this if you're this passionate about it. You know, you know, you know, you really like mental health advocacy. Why not? And I've been working in a research lab already on the side. So I, I thought, you know, okay, hey, why not do this? I think the one pushback with that is going from a, a really traditional STEM major to a non-STEM major, you mm -hmm. do have a lot of people on your back. So I had a, advisors on my neck. I had students on my neck. I was in the chem mm -hmm. building and some of my friends were like, oh, what's SARS doing here? Like, 
he's not a buyer. He's not a, like as a joke, but in my mind, you know, just like psychologically, yeah, I was yeah, like, shit, yeah. you know, it like it like it hit a little bit different because uh, I'm like, oh shit, I did. It is like I'm throwing it away, but um, nonetheless, yeah. So nonetheless, I did that journey, and I think just to give a backtrack over the couple of years of doing this, I was working as a program manager intern at a uh, like um uh, energy sustainability company. And similar to like mm-hmm. uh, what I'm doing now with product, it was more product oriented. So like how Microsoft has their PMs as program managers. Yeah, yeah. Similar to that. And I didn't think much of like that doing that as a career. I just knew I was really passionate about collaborating with others. I knew I was really passionate about, you know, building products. I knew I was like, oh, you know, this is really fun, but I'm on a pre-med journey. This is just something I do on the side, but you know, it's fun. In an alternative universe, all oh, it'd be cool to pursue professionally. So I think taking that step away from pre-med and kind of switching my major to psychology, I really got the time to think about what did I want to do? And it, it kind of brought me back to revisit uh, what I admired so much about like wanting to be a doctor and wanting to uh, like really be, I mean, be a physician was I really enjoyed the fact that you could problem solve. I really enjoyed the fact that you were dealing with real world issues. You mm-hmm. could work together with people and you mm-hmm. weren't doing it on yourself. It had to be collaboration because there's no way a surgeon's walking into an operation room with uh, himself and or herself or themselves and just mm-hmm. saying like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, you know, it's, it's definitely not I, an I uh, solo thing. And I thought to myself, you know, why not? Why not check it out a little bit? So uh, I dove into that really heavy into my junior year. And uh, a, a couple interviews later, a couple of stalking people on LinkedIn later, I kind of landed myself into a really, really awesome uh, PM position at a startup here in the Bay. And uh, I mean, we can definitely dive into that. But just to let you touch on that's like, that's what my journey looked like so far. That's awesome. That's a beautiful man, journey, man. I, I, I just wanted to say, you know, there's one thing I think you're wrong about. Because um, like kind of at the start, you said you don't have those gems like Jonathan Tesser. But <laughs> there's something to be said about just being vulnerable and open and honest about the experiences that you've been through that allow people to resonate so deeply with the things that you're saying. Because, you know, I saw parts of myself in your story and you are a tremendous storyteller. Like I, I was going through that story like, I was choking up like damn bro like I was in your shoes like I wanted to cry I didn't know who to talk to I didn't have anybody to consult um I needed a podcast like this you know to hear that other people are going through the same things that I was going through mm-hmm. and it is so hard to bet on yourself in those moments especially when it feels like the odds are so stacked against you and you you don't hear let alone see about people making that same transition cuz I mean, there's such the, there's such a high honor and standard to pursuing paths like that, right? Definitely. And to deviate from that is like admitting defeat. And people don't want to acknowledge that, oh, you, you're, you're not doing this anymore just because you don't want to. Maybe it's because you can't mm-hmm. or for whatever reason, right? And then you can, there's, you find ways to invalidate the things that you're feeling. And it's just this whole chaotic, abysmal rabbit hole that you end up going into. So <laughs> Definitely. I, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. That, yeah, I, I found a lot of value in that too. So I'm sure like a, a bunch of people can share that as well. Absolutely. Uh, so you had something to say about this, well, Fod? Yeah, no, no. I, I gotta say the same thing. Like I started off pre med. Like you know, I was, I'm in biomedical engineering. I'm still in the biomedical engineering. I didn't even take the, you know, <laughs> leap of faith to kind of switch majors and stuff. But like, yeah, man, I, I found myself in that story so much. And like, one thing, you know, like I really want to mm-hmm. like provide value for like, you know, people who are listening and might be going through something similar. So like, one question I want to ask you is like how did you approach some of those difficult conversations, you know, with like you're a first generation student and not, you know, I'm very lucky in my parents in university. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there's still like so many expectations around that. How did you approach that conversation with your parents? You know, how did you expect those conversations with your peers? Like, how did you draw upon your support network to really like drive home that decision and, and like be confident in making that decision? 
Absolutely, yeah. I think the mm, let's take this back. Okay, well, I, th I think firstly, uh, by no means was it a confident, was it uh, absolutely confident when I first thought of it. I, I want everyone listening to know that it wasn't that I was like, you know, I'm done with pre med, I'm leaving. It, I, I just want everyone to know it, for sure. It definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't an easy thing to, mm -hmm. to kind of get over. I think one of the biggest things was at the time I, I had a significant other, and um, you know, she was really, really supportive and like challenging me. Uh, she was a pre med student, killer, killer grades, so all kind of top of the class. And she said, you know, like Cyrus, if if you if uh, like you tell other people to like follow what they want to do. Uh, why don't you why don't you take your own advice? And I thought to myself, you know, like shit. All right, shots fired. Like you know, someone's kind of <laughs> challenging me to not being a hypocrite. And she was like, you know, you you really do like to preach, you know, the importance of uh, like really pursuing what it is that you want to do, no matter what someone's going to tell you. Like, why don't you do that? And this is coming from another first generation student. And I was like, you know, but I'm not like a first generation student. You know, like family back home. I really want to make sure I can take care of everyone. Being on pre-med studio, I'm, you know, I'm not really enjoying it right now, but I know at the end of the road, stability lies there. And that's a hell of a wrong way to look at that path because in any path, especially a path where you're that committed, um, you, you'll, find, you'll find yourself. Or if, if you don't want to take yourself out, it'll weed you out. And not necessarily be saying that you can't do it, but more so, you know, your passion just won't be there. So I think for me, like the, the next step, and when I acknowledge that, you know, after me crying in class, uh, shout out that organic two class. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, one of the things was kind of really just sitting down and uh, talking to my twin brother. So I told my twin brother, like uh, I have a twin brother, amazing, amazing bro. Shout out Edward. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I think the biggest thing was really just leaning on the people that I knew I could tell. I tell one person, and this person wouldn't even speak a word of it. Right? Just really had me, just allow me the space to be uh, just talk and really no judgment to us. And my brother's a fucking genius. I mean, like triple major, like Cornell, all that good, good jazz and whatnot. But I think it, it really was a matter of just really talking to someone that I, I, I knew I could be vulnerable with and really wouldn't really judge me for me wanting to pursue something that I was passionate about. That was the next step in that process. Of course, the hardest, the hardest of it all was telling my mom, hey, mommy, I want to change my major. I don't want to go to med school anymore. And surprisingly enough, I mean, like God blessing, surprisingly enough, my mom was like, do I, I and I quote, okay, what's next? And yeah. to me, I was shocked because I love that. I was expecting, like, no, 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 yeah. like, you know, like you, you're, you've been in this, you've been grinding at this for, you know, at that point, almost six years trying to make sure I get to med school. Um, but she was like, okay, what's next? And I think that that's, I think that's really a blessing. I kind of a little bit of a different background of most like first generation students. Like my mom, when I was going to school, didn't push me to any any college path or any professional, maybe professional development path. It was more so whatever you do, you need to kill it. You just need to be the best at it. You stand in the best being the best of me, but really doing that. So I think that, that, that conversation, when we, when we talked about it, you know, she was like, okay, psychology's next. Where are we going with it? So that, I think, I think just that, that, that like positive affirmation I got back from um, like the people I really kept close in my circle really did help with it. And I mean, that, that's not to speak on the, the countless amount of times that people really did question what the hell I was doing. Why am I changing? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you cannot handle it. Uh, Pre-meditated you out. I think that like it's these are very natural things that you get in any kind of pivot. And I think two of the two of the biggest things I guess to like touch on would be uh, a finding the you first kind of have to find that peace in yourself because no matter who you talk to, no matter where you look, if you don't feel comfortable and confident and like eventually like solely in yourself, like mm -hmm. it's hard. It's so it's so so hard. And I, I guess the second part is really as Watson trying to lean on that circle. Like, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an advisor. It doesn't have to be someone who's so well established. 
It can be, I don't, I don't know, at that point in college, it can be the janitorial staff kind of cleaning your dorm that, you know, want to talk to people. You know, these, anyone that you can really find and that's willing to listen and that, you know, um, and give you some meaningful, meaningful mm-hmm. feedback, I think it's really important. Well, that's awesome. I think I know where you got your podcast genes because that question from your mom, yeah, that's a podcasting question. That's an amazing question to ask. What's next? Uh, like props <laughs> to your mom because like, I don't know, like one thing, one thing for sure is support circles are so important. You got to know mm-hmm. that somebody's there for you, got your back no matter what. And like Absolutely. for sure, for me, that person is my mom. So like 100%. Like I know that I've come to her with so many decisions and like, you know, even if she doesn't have like, you know, like specific career goals and things like that for me, she always has my back no matter what. So I'm super glad that that was the case for you. And, you know, hopefully anyone listening kind of gets, gets that feeling of like, you know, rely on the people you need to rely on and like be confident making the decision yourself for sure. Absolutely. I think, I think just to, just to touch on that is like, and oftentimes, oftentimes it's such a major decision. A lot of people might not even support you. I think like that's, that's something to really understand that you make a, a major change like that. Sometimes you might not get zero support, but I think it leads back to Fuad's earlier point of the podcast. Like, you have to be your number one fan no matter what. You really, really, really do. And it's really hard to develop, but, you know, you really have to be there for yourself no matter what because at the end of the day, you live with the decisions you make. So, you know, do what's best for you. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. On that on that note about podcasts, um, you know, you've got your own podcast. It's called the Who Am I podcast. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why you started that podcast because we talked a little bit about the story about how we started this podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you started it, why you started it, what are some of the lessons you've learned through building it? Yo. All right. Let's dive into this. So I do run a podcast. It's called Who Am I uh, with Fuad being my first guest. Woo! Uh, and just to give you kind of a background of what it is. So pretty much the premise of the podcast is sharing these stories, uh, unique stories of individuals and their kind of personal and professional pursuits. And with that being said, it's kind of uh, used as a way to show us that no matter how unique our journeys, we can always learn something from each other. And ultimately to kind of put a basis as like why I wanted to start a podcast was I think about beginning of my freshman year of college, I really just wanted to talk to people. I really had this, this desire to meet people and like learn people and learn how I can better interact with others. And I think the biggest thing for me was like, you know, there's so many people on this college campus. Um, and oftentimes it's kind of just hard to approach people. I'm especially now with Corona, but it's hard to approach someone and just start talking. But you give someone a mic on campus and doing like uh, kind of, uh, uh, what is it, pickup lines or some shit. Everyone's willing to hop on the camera. So I was like, you know, if I had a podcast, I guarantee people would be willing to share their story. Just like ramble about themselves a little bit and just, you know, just, just share a little bit about themselves because, you know, we all have something to learn from each other. So honestly, um, I didn't, I kind of put on the background and kind of flew out how you did with your first podcast. I was like, okay, well, I'll get to that eventually. You know, I tried a little bit. I didn't even buy a mic. I tried to talk to a few friends, kind of died out. And during this Corona period, I, I was kind of feeling a little isolated, you know, uh, and I thought to myself, shit, you know, there, what can I do to kind of, I know there's other people probably out here feeling this. What can I do to kind of help out others? And I put on my Snapchat story one day as a joke. I was like, yeah, what would you guys do if I ran like a late night talk show talking to others? And people were like, oh, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, hmm. Why don't I just start a podcast? Why don't I just start that podcast that I've been wanting to start, like, you know, like a while ago? Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, some brainstorming, some brainstorming, some brainstorming. And eventually I thought, you know, I could just do this over Zoom. I could call people up or like, I, I use like a different platforms and I could just talk to people. I can just have people talk about themselves and kind of share something with the world. And, you know, it doesn't, honestly, the goal was never to have it. Uh, the goal was never to really have any, uh, any type of sort of clout or anything of that nature, not to be like, I have clout, not to, not to say that. Like, <laughs> I mean, you kind of do, bro. You kind of do. All my friends that know you, but um, thank you, thank you, (laughs) thank you. No, I think the the, ultimately the goal was just to have this kind of 
this, uh, for lack of a better word, B-roll of uh, just, just talking to people and just having people, just even giving people a chance to talk on themselves. Because how often is it that someone asks you about your life and asks you, like, who am I? You know, I think that question isn't there. And oftentimes you don't get time to really reflect on like what our journey is held. And I think that at the end of each interview that I have, a lot of people tell me like, like shit, thanks Iris. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Like you gave me content. They're like, no, like things. Like I've never, I've never had a chance to kind of reflect on what I've done. And it kind of makes me validate why I made this decision or question why I'm doing this. So ultimately, yeah, it's been, it's been such an awesome experience. I've talked to, I mean, phenomenal people uh, like you to say the least. <laughs> I've talked to really awesome uh you know, I think like some people are like Grace from Product Buds. It's really, really awesome people, like some engineers here and there. And I'm definitely trying to diversify the group. I want to make sure it's really inclusive of all people in their journey. So we all sure. find it, have the representation and inclusivity. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from it for me has been, I'm going to, I'm going to speak like this. So a lot of the people I, I bring on the podcast, I, I get them through LinkedIn and it's so fun to see how multidimensional people are versus just like a, a one page read away of a resume or kind of like a profile. Right. And I think you, you can get a good grasp of like some really awesome profiles on LinkedIn. But the biggest thing for me is like, you know, we're just people we're honestly just people. And yeah, like online, we want to look nice, but why, why we all have something to give to the world. We all have something to share. And I, I really do like, it kind of leads to my point of empathy. I really do like learning from people and, trying to understand the world a bit better because shit, I mean, I don't, what do I know in terms of, you know, everyone out there? I don't. I know what do I know in terms of doing podcasts? I don't, but I just try and, you know, so far so good. Definitely have taken a little break off and as work has just been Ooh, a little, a little bit of roller coaster here and there, sure, but we're sure. definitely cranking out some episodes coming soon. So, stay oh, for sure. And just let us know when you want us to share because yeah. we highly recommend anyone listening to this podcast too. If you like this, you'll you'll love who am I for sure. <laughs> we we definitely relate on like so many levels because like. Um, we really thought that this like podcast would be about us sharing our journeys, but like at the end of the day, you know, like just bringing that out of somebody else is like, so, so amazing just mm -hmm. because like, you know, not only you're learning, but like you, you're allowing other people to experience that self-reflection, which is so exactly. important. So I wanted to ask you like, mm -hmm. you know, what is something that like super surprised you about the podcast? Like what's something you were not expecting at all that you learned about yourself, like through doing the podcast? Oh, shit. That's a great question. I try, bro. I try. <laughs> oh, that's actually a really, really, really good question. Because hmm. I'm trying to get you to self-reflect too, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do my own home. My <laughs> you give your tissue of medicine. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always, ooh, all right, cool. Oh, all right, all right. Okay. Well, I think, I think one of the biggest things I guess I've had to, I've learned or surprising things I've learned from this is, um, to be honest, like like how passionate I am about people, and that sounds really silly, but I I knew I knew I like to bring good energy here and there, but I didn't realize like how gently intrigued I am just just to like learn about different people's experiences and and like the desire to bring that to like bring that to someone else and show them how we really are connected. And I think the reason why I'm saying that is especially given times of today, like social climate, um, there's a lot of like crazy shit going on to be honest and a lot of stuff that's not necessarily excusable but and that's not to give you that cop out like you know we're all the same because we're definitely not we're all different people of different cultures different ethnicities and different identities so that's not to break away that individualism but really really it, it kind of opened up my eyes on like this burning desire i have to you know just like let, let people know that like ultimately we are unified and whether you decide to stand on the side of like unified people and bringing people together, acknowledging our differences in the beauty and individuality, but really understanding that at the end of the day, you know, we all are people trying to shape our lives in, in a way that ultimately, you know, brings us satisfaction and joy. And I think for most people that really comes from 
a point of wanting to, you know, fulfill some sort of goal or some sort of dream that you chase as a passion, right? Like we all, we're all passionate. We all have different passions and different ideas, but like I didn't realize that through the podcast, I would get the chance to even kind of see myself in people's journeys. I didn't get to, I didn't know that me, like me listening to people and asking questions would allow me to even kind of take a, take, take a little step back and like, Oh shit. Like, hmm, interesting. Like you never thought about yourself. You never had to kind of had that time to reflect. So I guess like a way that I've been mm-hmm. able to, a realization from it was it kind of made me more cognizant of kind of the way I'm living my life and, you know, like the way I'm at actively trying to shape my own journey. And what I know that's, that's a really hard thing to do daily, but kind of like mm-hmm. a weekly reflection on what I did to like proactively work towards uh, a goal, which proactively work towards being a better person. Um, no, but like what you're saying just reminds me of the George R. R. Martin quote, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of the one who reads lives a thousand lives before his death those who don't live but one and you know podcasting is like a it's a it's a revolution kind of in the way that we consume information and you know really through these interviews that you hear people doing you get to live a couple different lives through too like you know as you hear people sharing their stories you get to see uh, the inner uh, mechanics of what happened what they were thinking how they were feeling through all those transitions and you get to learn so much to, uh, through that. You don't even have to make some of those mistakes or go through those experiences yourself to put yourself in their shoes. I think it really does help build such a powerful community because A, it builds empathy. Um, you get to see that you know we are all way more similar than we seem on the surface. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it's hard, like, like you're saying, you know, that this facade, this persona people project of themselves online, it can be vastly different from who they are. And, you know, it, it, they might, I mean, you, for example, your online persona is only a tenth of like the ball of joy and positivity <laughs> that you are in person. So, um, building up that community, building up that empathy, learning more about yourself and learning more about how the world works. There's so many positive externalities through taking on ventures like this. So I would highly recommend and urge people just to do the thing that they've been meaning to do because it's so weird how things can just fall into place. You know, mm-hmm. there's this term pranoia, which is that the universe is conspiring behind your back to make, make you success. success. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I try to fully embrace that. And if gotcha. you can let the universe help you out, then, you know, you're just going to see so much more success, so much more joy, so much more positivity in your life for it. Yeah, no, we've talked a little bit about pranoia like before. And like, I don't know, man, like the fact that we met each other, that just feels like Crazy. some pranoia to me, bro. Like that, yeah. that, like, man, you reached out to me too. Like, you know, I didn't even know. I, I I tried to look for your podcast. I was like, dude, there are no episodes out there. Like, what does this guy say? And like, <laughs> man, like, you know, I, I'm so happy I said yes. I looked him up. I was like, at least his profile is sick. You know, like, I got to say yes, right? And then, man, you just, it, it was such a crazy, you know, turn of events. And I'm so glad it happened. Um, um, yeah. So honestly, you know, if we might have to run this bad because like we could talk for hours. So I want to get through a couple more questions just right, to make sure that we get it. them through and then we can get to some freestyles as well. Um, and so one Ooh. of our, you know, one of our favorite questions to ask on this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard it before because you're a day one fan. And so I know you've been prepping this answer too, because, you know, yeah. it, it, you're just that type of guy. You're that type of type A kind of person that preps their answers for these things, right? So <laughs> if you could put any one <laughs> message on a billboard, 
what message would you put in that billboard and why? And that billboard is reaching millions, if not billions of people. You know, you can cater your audience to whoever you want, or you can just make it, you know, seven point whatever, five, nine billion people that we're at right now. Absolutely. I, I pre- yeah, I prepared for this answer since uh, before, before the summer. Uh, I've heard you ask me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm joking, I'm joking. No, honestly, honestly, the first time I heard this question, it just made me think. It just kind of made me challenge myself and start talking out loud when I was driving. But if I had a billboard and I could put anything up on this, to be 100% honest, it would have read something along the lines of, if you could be one thing on this, um, if you could only be one thing in this earth, be empathetic. And I know that sounds really simple and you know, it doesn't sound like some crazy mind blowing thought provoking thing, but to be completely honest, why I say that is because I truly, truly, truly do believe that empathy really has so much undermined power in this world and in our ability to just enjoy life a lot more. Right. Uh, and I mean this from the fake, the fact of be empathetic in the way you, you approach others when, you know, you're asking for a favor, be empathetic in the way you approach others. When someone rubs you the wrong way, be empathetic in the way you go about just interacting with if someone cut you off on the road, you know, those little moments that light your fuse off and, and make you just get, like blow your day, right? The road rager, just the really simple things that small, very minute things in our lives that, you know, because of because of the way someone else's actions affected us can throw us off completely. You know, if you take a moment to think, hey, you know what? Shit, you know, that person could have been having a bad day. It's all right. Or, you know, just, or just let's put in the fact of being pers- uh, positive perspective. Like, you know what? I have, I have two cupcakes right here. I see like this person and, I, and this is going to put me on a tangent, but I'll get to this. I have, I have like one really good thing right here. And I see that person doesn't have anything. Why not, why not be, you know, why, or it's like, today's a good day. To, I always say today's a nice day to have a nice day. Today's a great day to have a great day. And that's one thing I say all the time in the office. Uh, I love and I that. say that because it's always, it's always like a, a good time to be that person to, you know, lighten up the mood. Cause if you think of it, honestly, that you doing that one good thing and having that bit of empathy, you're, you're paying it forward to the world and the world will tenfold pay it back to you. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with this. I think in my own journey, mm-hmm. my little bits of positivity have been paid back to me in ways that I can't even count for. I'm so grateful for it. Okay. But, um, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of a tangent, uh, before, before I let you touch on this. You know, one time I flew out on I when we first met up, we were in SF and uh, we got some pizza. We had a day filled with food and honestly, we're stuffed, we're stuffed, we're eating. And uh, it was a really fun time. But, you know, one thing that flew out, I think flew out really showed some empathy right there was we, we had some pizza left over and it was pretty expensive. Not gonna lie, we're in SF, so, you know, food's a little bit expensive, but hey, go off. You know, sometimes a good time, good, good time, fun times cost a little bit of money. That's just it, really is. But um, Fuad was like, you know, Cyrus, like, I know, I know, like, you know, we bought this pizza. I know it was a little expensive, but, um, you know, I think that one thing that we can do is like really give this to someone that needs it. I think one thing that to note here in SF is, you know, there's a lot of brilliance in mind and tech and, you know, money, but poverty, <laughs> poverty, hunger and homelessness is such a big issue. And Fuad touched on this. The resources are here to fix it. It's still an issue. We don't know why, but hopefully one day we can do it. Right. And Fuad said, you know, like Cyrus said, we should give this to someone. And he was like, you know what, but one thing we want to do is make sure we're very uh, like empathetic in our approach to that person being that we don't want to come off as like that savior complex. We want to make sure we're not invading anyone's personal space. And I looked at Fuad just for a quick time, Fuad, you don't even know this, but I looked at you for a quick moment. And I thought, I was like, this is why I like this guy. You know, it's just like, it's just like certain <laughs> things that really attract people to you. And you, you can just feel like, you know, a kind heart. And I, I looked at you and I was like, yeah, I, I knew I knew something was good with him. I knew something was up. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Of course. I mean, you found- too, man. You brought it up as well. So <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> definitely not. So I know we found this guy and I remember we gave him the pizza. And at first I think he thought we were just giving him a slice. And we're like, the, the whole box is, you know, worries about that. 
and he was grateful. And what I think just to touch on this, the tangent I was getting at was you never know what that one good deed you did will do for someone else, right? That, that small input of love, affection, and even just like acknowledgement that we gave someone that, you know, society necessarily isn't paying much attention to. We gave them, you never know what he'll go and do for someone else. Or you never know what we did to maybe give Brighton his day and make him feel good about himself. You know, like you should never, ever lack, you never should ever like discredit what you, small things you do to give good to the world. Cause you know, it can have a tenfold effect. So that was, that's my tangent. For sure, man. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful story. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was like, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that would, dude, that moment for me too. I was like, dude, this guy is a good person, you know? Like, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely judge vibes off of people real hard. And I got to say, man, like top notch vibes, like oh, top shelf, oh, like oh, Italian oh. grandma, chef's kiss, <laughs> you know, like fresh, fresh basil type of vibes out there, bro. And that was, that was, that was a really good time. Definitely. Yeah, and like touch on some like a moral of the story that I like to take from what you guys went through there is, you never you shouldn't underestimate the the raw potential of like what kind of Rube Goldberg machine machine of like human empathy that can trigger, you know, like you just do this one small act of kindness for somebody else and then they feel compelled to pay it forward, and Mm -hmm. then they do something for someone else and then they do something for someone else and then that person does something for a different person then there you go you got this. Rube Goldberg machine of human kindness that stretches who knows halfway across the world. Dude, it was amazing. It was a great time. Thank you so much again for coming on the episode. And, you know, um, like beautiful time as always with a beautiful person. Uh, where can people find you, Cyrus? And, and, you know, what stuff do you want to promo right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess like the go-to for everyone is like, yeah, professionally, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, you can find me at uh, LinkedIn. I think probably searching up will be best so c-y-r-u-s-b-e-l-s-o-i bellsoy because i got that sauce like soy sauce um no we can cut that but i actually don't do that um but yeah yeah so if you want to find me on linkedin you can find me there i give the actual link but it has a star in it so it's a lot of uh, like numbers but yeah anyway if you want to find me on like instagram for a more personalized look you can find me on instagram and twitter at sci-fi sci so that's s-c-i-f-i-c-y and if you are interested in checking out the podcast, you can find me on, you know, all your major streaming platforms at Who Am I? Um, and yeah, just take it a listen. Always welcome to bring such awesome people onto the show um, and just like talk to people. Yeah, so definitely want to reach out, connect. You like what you want to hear, carry a conversation offline. More than happy to do that. And, uh, you know, spread some more positivity to other people. Uh, yeah, thank you for making our day better. Oh, you know, thank like, you for making my day better. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> this is the biggest thing I've been looking forward to in the last week. So that's awesome. Definitely. Love that. Ooh. Yeah. All right. It's been hella positivity, hella love. Thank you, Cyrus. Thank you, Fahad, as always, for your time today. And we'll, uh, we'll definitely run it back sometime. Absolutely. Take care, people.